Yo, 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 CG Podcast, man. We are back again, again, and again. We are live. Uh, we got some big topics today with my boy, Keon Bryant. Uh, the beat is going to ride it off. Yes, sir. We are here. Like I told you, man. Like I told you. We are here. We are here once again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. This is going to be a good one tonight. Um, we got some real big topics. We're going to have some more guests on um, in the next day or so. Uh, and it's going to be the same kind of topic, but we're going to expand the conversation with other people. Uh, for sure, tonight is going to be a good one, man. It's going to be a really, really good one. We're going to talk about, one, uh, our community, the black community. Two, how we, how can we get better uh, with our community? How can we set ourselves apart? Uh, the police, you know, institutionalized, jail, all these topics. And then three, what is snitching? And those are questions I'm definitely going to ask Keon Bryant, man. So, bro, what's up, man? You good? Yeah, man. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Okay. I'm going to be. <laughs> it is going to be. Okay, well, oh, ain't nothing wrong man. with that, man. Yeah, my bad, man. I missed the last little 20 minutes, but, uh, you know, I'm driving, so the phone don't, it don't, you can't text me, so. Yeah, I seen it. Yeah, but yeah. I had to pull over. I had to get off the freeway just to take oh. back. Oh, wow. And the app wasn't logged in, so I couldn't join the record anyway. I had to pull over and get my password, right. find an email, find a password, log in. You know, Anchor, you know, it's updated now. So, yes. Big thing. Right. You know? Yeah. But they're definitely yeah. Anchor. Yes. Yeah, this, this, is, is, this is cool, though. This is a good little platform, though. You know? And, right. Right. Yeah, yes. I'm good, bro. How you feeling, man? How you feeling? I know you hey, know, man. Just, uh, rode around for a little minute. You know what right. I'm so that was cool. Just to hang right. out for a hot second and mm-hmm. kind of just chill out. And that music that was getting slapped, bro. Oh my God, man! man. I have my heart beat. Right. Right. So, yeah, man. Out it's... on that, man. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Um, you know, you know, man. Life, uh, uh. uh will change directions, will test your past, will make you think outside the box and will test your willpower and your thought power, you know, every day. So right now for me, everything is being tested that I believe in and things that I don't understand, you know. So um, last night, you know, I talked to a guy, my cousin's my cousin's cousin, and we had a, a great conversation and uh that kind of sparked me to to really think outside the box, what you see every day. And when we were driving, when we were driving, you know, it, 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 it hit home of what we were talking about, the black community, you know, um, things that go on in the black community, you know what I'm saying? How to get better, you know? And when we getting, uh, you was getting a chili dog, you know what I'm saying? We went to a particular area that we grew up in and you get immune to yeah. certain things, right? Like using the hood, you have you hear a lot of police sirens. Yeah, police well, sirens, you hear that. You see drug addicts, you see drug dealers, right? So going back in that community from what I talked about the night before, 
it just really touched me to see what we go through on a day-to-day basis every single day. You know what I'm saying? And that's just something like, wow. You know, we both were connecting like, wow, this is like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because you live in a pretty nice area. Me too. And it's and going back there, you know, it's a whole nother um, vibe, feeling, vision when you're out of it. But when you're in it, everything is normalized. Everything is normalized. You know what I'm saying? So let me let's 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 start from let's start from the beginning. When I, you know, what I'm saying from. What do you feel like the black community? What do you feel like the black community can do to get better? And where do you see the black community failing at? What can the black community do to get better? And where are they failing at? Oh, damn, dog. Damn, man. I know, I know major activists, but, uh, uh, what can we do to get better, man? We can have more accountability. What are we doing, man? We're putting a lot of blame on society and our own culture and the man, so to say, and our upbringing and our generational curses. We blame a lot of other things that are out of our control. So, uh, you know, we can't blame our mother and our fathers. We can't blame our grandparents. We can't blame our ancestors. We can't even blame nigga, our four generations above us that we don't know anything about how can we point the finger right so what can, what we can do better is we can take accountability for okay. our ignorance we are ignorant we're ignorant we don't study black history we don't we don't we don't we don't we don't become activists we're not political mm-hmm. we, we do hood politics mm-hmm. and sports politics and and social media mm-hmm. politics we don't mm-hmm. do historical politics we don't do um, we don't do you know international politics. We don't we don't educate ourselves. That's where we fall right. to our own ignorance. I don't. There's a there's a so 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 those are some of the things that we don't do. We do a lot of blaming. We blame other people. We blame our family. We blame our friends. We blame our, we blame our boss. We blame our coworkers. Right. right. Not everybody. Not everybody. Those are just some things that. I see that we do in our culture, in our community. And that's why we stay where we are, in our culture and in our community. We don't travel out the hood. We don't travel out the city. We don't travel out the state. We don't travel out of the continental U.S. Mm -hmm. We don't travel international. So our knowledge is limited. Our exposure is limited. Our experience is limited. Just like we just drove to the hood. These people are still in the hood. They never been out the hood. They grow up in the hood. Mm-hmm. Their experience is in the hood. So their mentality okay. is still in the hood. So let me go back to what you just um, said. I mean, you you know, just said that so, we need to learn our okay. history. We don't okay. learn our history. Okay. We okay. don't know that. We are about failure, okay. things of that nature, right? We can't blame other our mothers and fathers. So let me get back to one of your points you said. Know our history. Why is it important to know our history? What does it matter if we know who we are or we don't? Why? Um, because I'll tell you why. Um, because history is 
is uh, psychological. You know, you've been taught one thing, but have you, but, but has, that's a fact. Um, it's psychological, you know, it's like a mind. Uh, are we, are we explicit or are we keeping it, you know, PG or what? Let's be real. It's like a, it's like a, it's, it's like real. a mind, you yeah. know? Okay. It's like, it's like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's fucking your mind. You know, it's like fucking your mind. So psychologically, you may have been taught one thing for, I'm 40 years old, you know, get to my mm -hmm. age, 1980, I was born. My family told me, nigga, you know what I'm saying? They told me one thing my whole life, stay in a kid's place. Be quiet when grown folks is talking, so they fuck my mind. So when I ask questions, I got told to shut up, stay in a kid's place. They told me one thing. As I got older, I found out what I was being told. Okay. The facts. It wasn't the truth. So, so, so that's forty years of history. Now let's go back forty more years. That's eighty. Let's go mm -hmm. back forty more years. That's one hundred and twenty. Let's go back one hundred and sixty. Let's go back. Okay. You know, four times forty. Let's go all the way back and understand how we've been fucked psychologically for decades, okay. for centuries, okay. for thousands of years, so we can so we can overcome that mental fuck, that psychological fucking. That's why history is important. Okay. It's not just psychological. Okay. It's genetic. It's genetic. It's in your blood. You don't know what runs in your blood if you don't find out where you come from, if you don't find out what type of traumas and what type of exposures that your ancestors have lived okay. through. You don't even know what you're capable of. You don't even know what type of rage and what type of anger or what type of good and what type of skills and talents you have within you unless research. you do your own research. My mom and I okay. can't pick up the phone and call my mom and say, hey, mom, what was it like when I was four years old? What was it like raising me? What was it like without my okay. dad in the picture who is my dad what type of what type of man what type of nigga was he what type of person did he come from these are okay. things about myself that i don't know now now let alone i'm only 40 so let okay. alone thousands of years ago that that's why i feel that our history is important we come from so we can understand what where we are currently today okay so doing. for instance you know if you saying? feel like you're taught that or you feel like you're getting this information early or later what do you feel like it can uh -huh. change will it feel confident to know what runs your bloodline if, what if it's bad what if it's slavery what if it's rape what if uh your great-great-grandmother got killed by her master what if uh, they were murderers. Why would you want what? What makes that so important? Because your history and your bloodline can be bad or it could be good. So if you say if your bloodline was bad, how would that help you to move forward? And then if your bloodline is good, how do you feel like that would move you forward? Well, it's it's um, it's a balance. Right. We we already struggle with right. good and evil already currently. So it would be good to know that I come from some evil shit. It would be good to know that for me. Why would it be good? Because then I can relate it. Oh, my dad, he used to beat he used to beat mm -hmm. my mom up like hypothetically. Right. Oh, shit. No wonder why I got this motherfucker anger in here. No wonder why I keep my hands behind my back. OK, I'm too scared. I'm a hit a motherfucker. I'm too scared. I'm going to suffer the consequences of something that mm. I didn't even know was in me. 
So it's good to find that information out. That would be something bad. Okay, let's say uh, there mm -hmm. was death, there was murder. Okay, well that would trigger that would trigger a lot of the um, emotional anger that's in me that mm. I don't even know that's in me. So I'm trying to control mm. something that I don't understand. I'm trying to control mm. something I don't understand. I don't even know it's there. And you know what? It feels uncontrollable. So putting a cap to it or putting a direction to it or putting a cause, that's the word I'm trying to use. If I put a cause to it and say, well, you know what? My grandma's 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 grandma was murdered. She was innocent and she was murdered or whatever okay. the case may be, or she was slaughtered or my whole or generation of my bloodline was slaughtered. No wonder 10 generations later, I'm holding some mm. anger that I don't even understand. No mm. wonder why I can't keep control of it. So that's on the bad side. But let's say on the good side, for example, I have a talent with my intellect. I can understand things, you know, it might take me a while. I can, it takes me a while to comprehend things, but once I understand them, you know, I feel okay. confident in what I'm able to do. So let's say I have a skill mm -hmm. or my ancestors had a skill. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could play music. Mm -hmm. Maybe they could play piano. Maybe they could play a flute. Okay. Maybe they could play a trumpet. Um, that might explain why mm -hmm. I'm so interested in music. Maybe it was a gift or a talent that was in okay. my blood years ago. My uncle, he played the drums. But mm -hmm. that's all I know is my uncle right. played the drums. I don't play the drums. Why am I so fascinated by drum sounds? Why am I so, I played okay. the trumpet in junior high school. Why am I so fascinated by um, musical sounds? Why am mm. I so fascinated by sound effects? Why am I so fascinated by choo-choo trains, you know, steam? Why am I so fascinated by sound? Why can I close my eyes and listen to silence mm. and be in peace? I don't know. But that could be something that is in my bloodline gotcha. that I could put a cap to. I could put a cause to it. Oh, yeah, my grandma's mm -hmm. grandma's 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 grandma played the piano, mm -hmm. played the flute, played the drums. She, she was a one-man band, or maybe she played the bongo. Maybe she maybe okay. she played hit sticks on rocks. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But that would give me a balance of something that I don't even know currently about myself. Okay. My, mom didn't play, my mom didn't play no instruments. But, but you know what? Right. My mom's not here for me to call an ass. My right. grandma's not here for me to call an ass. My dad, I can't call him and ask him. So I'm walking around in life not mm. knowing anything about my own self, not knowing where I come from, not knowing the good and the bad of the things that I currently struggle with. I could put okay. a cut to that. I could put a cost to that. So I could say, hey, bro, you know why I get so angry, man? You know why I got this... Um, Okay. Um, unidentified anger. What it could come from. What it could come from was, hey man, I found out my grandma's grandma's great grandfather. Whoa, 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 whoa. Gotcha. Man, he was a killer. Come to find mm -hmm. out, he used to kill. He used mm -hmm. to kill. He used to kill and steal and murder for his family or for whatever reason. Or maybe it was a maybe Got it was it. mental health. Maybe it was psychological. Right. Maybe he couldn't control it. So you know what, bro? I got this anger in me now that I've identified okay. a little piece anger. of it. Now I know why I have this anger in me that I try to control and try and to push it down. And try to right. keep Sap on suppress that. Got so it. snap. Yeah. And keep that under control. So so I don't so I don't be the next ancestor like damn man right. my dad he was cool he played music he was you know what and that and that and that's real that and we're going to get to the other good side of it but 
what family, what we're talking about is we just, I'm trying to give you an understanding to trauma and then our community and kind of what we're going through. We're just throwing a lot of ideas out here to kind of maybe see, you know, where we failed or where we can go or these doors can be open. So that's what he and I is talking about right now. So for instance, I heard Skip Bayless, you know, he hates LeBron James and all of this. He's a hater, right? But one thing he said, kind of like what you were saying, right? His history, right? His dad or his dad's dad, you know, they're real alcoholics. They were really, really alcoholics, like drunks, you know, in his bloodline, he knew this is what he had. He never drunk. He never did none of that, but he know that's in his blood. So he told himself, I don't want this. He wants this bloodline to stop and I'm not going to have any more kids because I don't want this bloodline to trickle down to alcoholism. So he didn't have kids. So you're right. Okay, through when you, what you're saying through is his- if I knew this, now I can have a choice, me, myself, if I want my other kids to have this, this disease or this whatever negative spirit over it. You know what I'm saying? Because it can go down from generation to generation okay. and you feel like, well, I don't want this bloodline to stop. I don't want this to go on no more. You know what I'm saying? Because this came from the evil bloodline. So you are correct when you say you want to know and that we don't know what our bloodline, what our ancestors, what our uh, grand great-grandfathers, what they went through. You know what I'm saying? If it was torture, if it was, you know, it came from raping or it came from things that wasn't consensual. You know what I'm saying? That they were, you know what I'm saying? So I feel you when you say that. And I feel like that's good to know because it gives you a choice if you want this bloodline to stop and it won't happen no more. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely agree with that point. Now, let me ask you this. Now, on the good side, if your great-grandfather was a lawyer or he was a free man or he was a king or he was a a president or he was somebody major, you know, on a positive side of of the opposite of of the negative, what do you think that does for a black woman or a black man to know this? What do I think that does? well, I can mm-hmm. tell you what it does for me. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what it does for me. Um, and I don't know how other, um, you know, African-Americans or black people in our community, I, I don't know what their vision is. I don't know. I don't know if they can recognize what type of purpose that calls upon okay. them, but I'll tell you what it calls upon me. So, um, so for example, I don't know what my, I don't know what, I don't know what my daddy straight mm-hmm. was, so I can't speak from that. Um, but for example, I can tell you like my grandfather. So, uh, my grandfather, okay, he was a correctional officer mm-hmm. and he worked for Folsom prison and, um, I respected him and, um, and there's a particular reason why I respected him. Okay. I, I'll tell you that at the end. Um, so what I knew about him was that he would go, he was a correctional officer, so he would go to work. I didn't get to see him work, but he would always come home and he would tell me what he did at work. And he would say, I had to beat a nigga down today. Don't be one of them niggas. That's what he would tell me. He would come to the door and I would, um, you know, I I would open the door for him. I would grab his, I would grab his briefcase. I would try to grab his jacket. And I would try to, you know, just mm-hmm. greet him as he came through the door. Right. Because he's my grandpa. 
You know what I'm saying? And I always wanted to know what the story was for the day. Grandpa, did you beat a nigga down? You know what I'm saying? He didn't want me to say nigga, but I was just trying to just, I was just trying uh-huh. to speak like he was. I had to beat a nigga down today, son. I had to beat a nigga down today. One of the niggas tried to get on me. That nigga didn't listen to my commands. And mm. I beat that nigga. Damn, Grandpa, mm. you beat a nigga at work? Nigga, I was juiced. You know, not you know, not because our people getting beat. I was juiced because mm. my grandpa was telling me the real. He was telling me how he had to keep himself protected mm. so he can come home to his wife and right. his kids. Right, basically. You know what I'm saying? That's how he make his money. He beat niggas down. And my grandpa nigga wasn't dark skin. My grandpa nigga was extra, 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 extra light skin. Mm-hmm. He looked like a white boy. Mm-hmm. He looked like a Geechee. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, with all that being said, um, with all that being said, this is in my bloodline. So his son, my uncle, you know, my bad, I ain't trying to name drop. So my grandpa, my uncle, mm-hmm. uh, my uncle was a police officer. So my uncle, um, you know, he would take me on a ride in his police car, Sacramento PD, with the uh, with, and I sit in the front seat. I don't sit in the back seat. I sit in the front seat with my uncle with the CB radio, with the fake little fat mm. computer, with the shoddy, with the uh, double double pump shoddy mm. right here. Like, damn, this is a shotgun. This this is like mm. this is like the gun on colors. This mm. this is the gun that killed niggas. Mm. Y'all killed niggas out here, uncle. You know what I'm saying? I'm just in the front seat. Uh, put the sirens on, uncle. I just want to ride. So, so anyways, um, my point is, is that, so Police guess officer. what I wanted to be when I grew up? Police Take officer. a guess what I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. Police officer. That's a fact. That's a fact. You Why do I want to be a police it. officer? Because, okay. okay, I was exposed to it. Mm-hmm. They had, they made good money. My grandpa drove a, uh, my grandpa, my grandpa drove a, uh, 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 all burgundy okay. with the hard okay. top Cadillac, and then guess the, so the Cadillac was in the driveway. Guess what was in the garage? Mm. An El Dorado Cadillac, mm. leather mm. seat, everything Cadillac. My grandpa, he ain't never, and he had a Toyota truck, the gas saver. So he had the highest of the highest luxury and the lowest of the mm. lowest gas saver. Okay. You know what I'm saying, Grandpa? Whenever I would come around, my grandpa would pocket check. Mm. You got some money? Nah, Grandpa, I don't got no money. He re- he reached into his pocket, pulled out a bunch of money, but he wouldn't mm. give me no cash. Wouldn't you know what he would it. give me? Uh, he would give me change. He'd give me quarters. Okay. He wouldn't give me no cash. He'd say, son, you want to make some money? I said, yeah, Grandpa. He'd say, go cut the front lawn and edge the front lawn and go cut the backyard and edge the how front much? yard. You know how much he paid me for each yard? Mm, $5. At that time? $5. So he paid me five dollars to cut, five dollars to edge, five dollars to cut, five dollars to edge. Man, I came out with a dub. I was juice. I'm about to go to the corner store. I'm about to buy some uh big league shoe <laughs> right. and some right. sunflower seeds because you know I play baseball. And then I'm about to get some change. I'm gonna break a twenty. Right. I'm gonna spend two dollars. I'm gonna have eighteen dollars. I'm gonna have a ten. I'm gonna have a five. And I'm okay. gonna have some ones. I'm stunting on everybody. Okay. It looked like I got money. So so anyway, so my grandpa, you know, my grandpa taught me. And my uncle taught me. They made money. They was in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in law enforcement. But the point that I'm making is, the point that I'm making is, is then I Got wanted it. to resemble that. So, so, so my grandpa had Cadillacs. Boom. My, uh, my, uh, my uncle, what did he have? He had a brand new, like, he had one mm. of the original Nissan Altimas mm. with the four door, with the Coke white, with the black mm-hmm. trim and the tinted windows. You know what I'm saying? My uncle Donald, uh, my mom, brother. 
know what I'm saying? He was always balling. His house was nice. His kids was dressed nice. And he always had money. And he was always traveling. So that's what I wanted to be when I when I grew up. I want to be a, I want to be a cop. I want to be a police officer. I want to be a public servant. So anyways, the point is, is that this inspired me to be better than the streets. This inspired me to be better than right. a high school education. This inspired me to get a better, you know, a better job mm-hmm. than just at a temp agency slinging coffee. This inspired me to do what I was exposed to. So. What I'm saying is, is that I looked yeah. up to them as leaders. I looked up to them as role models. So knowing that this is what they accomplished in their life, it made yeah. me want to accomplish the same thing. So, for example, I was in competition uh-huh. with my uncle, with my uncle, my uncle, a uh, police officer. Uh, re- and then he retired from a police officer. He moved up to detective and then he moved up to private detective for the mayor. So this dude is doing private oh, security wow. for Kevin okay. Johnson when he was the mayor. So it's like, damn, uncle. And then he would have a big, uh, the big all black Cadillacs and he would pull up like, damn, why are you in a black Cadillac? Mm. Oh, that's your work truck. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you're, you're driving right. the mayor around. You know what right. I'm saying? Baby, yeah, baby sure. bulletproof or whatever. You know what I'm saying? He travels Hawaii, Brazil. He all over the place, this, that, and the other. So, but what I found out about my uncle was, is that he had a degree okay. in criminal justice. And I was like, wait a minute, you got a degree in criminal justice. You're the only one in our family with a bachelor's degree. Mm, Guess what I'm about to go get? I'm about to go get a bachelor's degree. That's exactly so. So I felt that they led the way. They were leaders. My grandpa, rest in peace. And the reason why, and then back to the point about me um, respecting my grandpa so much, the Mm. reason why I respected my grandpa so much is because I thought Mm. he was my mother's father. Mm. And he wasn't. Mm. He wasn't even my mother's father, but that never can but never doubt like, what influence and, that you have because football coaches can influence you, teachers absolutely. can influence you, uh, uncle or uncle, friend or friend of the family. You know, it's not always blood that influences you; it's just True. who gives you the most love and show you the most love. You know what I'm saying? That can influence you as a child because yes. children. You know, I got uh, a two year old and I got an eight year old. Usually, if you ask kids when they go to school, you always say. Is the teacher nice or mean? Oh, she's nice. They don't know if she's, you know, say something nasty to them or something slick to them. They don't know that. They only know nice, mean, love to be around them or don't like to be around them. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's what you know. That's like, true. ooh, my uncle. What's up, uncle? Nice to you. Or you got nice aunties. Like I had, I had mean, I had one mean auntie and I had all nice. But we knew this one as the mean auntie. That's what we always said, talk to her about. You know what I'm saying? She was the mean one. Then my auntie, she was always the nice one. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But you want to be around that as a, as a child because they show you the most love. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. So, yes, that's what I'm saying is, is uh, you're right. I agree with that. And kids, they don't mm-hmm. know anything because they're innocent. So you're right. all they know is right from wrong and good and bad. Exactly. That's all they really know. And uh, it's good to know, you know, a little bit more about your history because that can help, you know, and, and it does matter who you're exposed to. It didn't matter if you my grandpa or if he was, you know, my grandma's side, nigga. The fact that I was exposed to him and what I saw Conscious and unconsciously leads you to doing what you're doing right now. Okay. 
Gotcha. That's a gotcha. fact. That's a fact. Gotcha. That's correct. So unconsciously, unconsciously as a kid, right. I want to be like them. I want to be a cop. But consciously, Got I know it. I'm going to go get this education so that way I can show my kids consciously what they're capable of doing. If dad can trust me, if I can right. do it, bro, I ain't the smartest right. cookie in the world. I don't know everything. So if I could do it, if I could endure for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and, and, and college and schools are mm-hmm. institutionalized just like jail, you know, just like any other, uh, mm-hmm. just like just like the workforce, just like, um, you know, the DMV, just like mm-hmm. any other mm-hmm. uh, institution. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You get caught up in it. And I got caught up in the school and education right. thing for a very, very long time. But, you know, it was something that I value mm-hmm. and I learned a lot of life right. skills. I learned a lot of people skills. I learned right. a lot of financial skills. And that, you know, I learned a lot of computer skills and that's mm-hmm. what I survive on mm-hmm. to this day. You know what I'm saying? So that is of influence for me to show my children what they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Because let's say something happened to me. Then my kids got some paperwork to go right. off. Of. Okay, dad, uh, he had this in retirement. Uh, dad had this. He laid all this. He got all these hard drives. He got all these computers. He got this degree. You know what I'm saying? He got this job. He got the right. benefits. Damn, how dad do all right. that? They don't right. know. They're, they're kids. They don't understand. But at least if they have something to go off of, you know, my mom passed away. My mom had um, she had a claim with her job. She had a okay. workers comp claim. That was 50 racks. She okay. had life insurance. That was racks. And, um, you know, she had a whip. She had a house. And, you know what I'm saying? And then obviously all of her, her clothes and her bed and the stuff in the house, we got rid of all of that. But this is what my mom left for us. This was gotcha. her baby, baby estate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay, damn. How did my mom do this? She fought for her carpet tunnel, for her carpet tunnel claim with her job because okay. she had carpet tunnel on the job. She had life insurance. She had, um, okay. she had Got health it. coverage. You know what I'm saying? My grandma helped her get a house with a landlord, and she had Got a property it. that she was renting. Um, you know what I'm saying? She had my sisters and okay. me, and we was well taken care of. She had, you know, she had my sister's dad. She had somebody mm-hmm. to care for my sisters. You know. You know, in, in, in the event her passing and I was grown, right. I was already taking care of myself. Got so it. my mom did her job. So God forbid something happened to me. This is the legacy that I get right. to leave my children. They don't right. know. They don't know right. how hard I work. Know. I got mm-hmm. cameras and computers and hard drive. Right. They don't know right. video games. That's all they see. But in reality, let I be let I be gone, then it's gonna be my paperwork that they get to see that they have to manage or stand for. Mm. Damn, dad had racks. Dad right. gave us racks when he died. Right. So so you're saying it's something to build on with those confidence. Like with me, you kind of do usually you do what your parents usually do. Usually there's some that breaks through and be a doctor and stuff of that nature. But it's kind of all similar. You know, if the dad becomes a law enforcement, most likely that person being law enforcement, you know, usually doctors or breed doctors or nurses or breed nurses. You know what I'm saying? Or like me, my mom worked, my dad worked. Guess what? I work. You know what I'm saying? nothing crazy you know we all work pretty good jobs and that's kind of how you do things you know what i'm saying it can be good or bad you know what i'm saying but i this is what i learned about the black community and family let, let me talk to you guys you know out there so when you live in a black community man i mean it's something that you have to adapt to you know you'll see a lot of broken homes you, you might see a couple with a mother and father or a stepfather but you run into a lot of failures, a lot of failures out there is wannabes, meaning they used to be something and then they fell off to be down at the bottom. I want to say nothing, but down at the bottom. So these are the things that you see. You see drug addicts, you see drug dealers, you see 
people that made it and people that didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? So somebody like sports wise, we honor and love them. We 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 want to ride with them. We want to because that's our shining armor. That's our star. That's what we can represent in this area of disappointment. Not all failure, but you see failure. You know, you hear a lot of police gunshots. You see people die. You, these are the things that you see constantly when you go to school and you get immune to that. You'll see a block, somebody got killed and you're walking right past that block where that blood stain is still right there. And usually nobody talks to you from my knowledge, talk to you about that. And how do you feel about that? Okay. So the communication is just, don't say nothing. That's always black community, hush, hush. Okay. You might sneak and say, who was that? Oh, that was bro. Okay. Yeah. And then you just move on from it. But that can be trauma sometimes. And we don't go to counselors. We don't go to doctors. We don't go to somebody that, to to those, to, to, to that can help you. No, we gonna go, Church. Church is very, very valuable in the community. You know what I'm saying? It's very valuable. And our oh. pastors are very valuable in our community. So you see a lot of women at church okay. more than men, mostly, right? You'll see the okay. grandmothers at the church more than the grandfathers. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I used to see that. I see my mom, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And then my uh, mom's husband, you know what I'm saying? He'll be at the house. I want to be at the house, but my mom's not letting okay. that happen. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go to church. So I'm just explaining to the my family, the fans, or you know, to, to, to get them to understand what we're talking about, you know, the direction and, and what <clears throat> what we need and what we see and the energy that we need versus the energy that's getting tucked out of us. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of want to move to the next point. And um it's it's we hear it all the time. You see the rap lyrics. You see, ah oh man, you can't snitch and you can't can't tell the police. You can't do that. That's wrong, right? So let me ask you this question: What is a snitch? Explain to me what is snitching. Okay. In uh, our in our community. Snitching? Okay. In our in our community, snitching is like the old school tattletelling. We used to get in trouble for tattletelling. Boy, stop tattletelling. Stop, that's your brother. That's your sister. Don't be telling me all the time. Stop tattletelling. Stop running and tattletelling. You tattletale. You a tattletale. You run and kill everything. So, nigga, so mm -hmm. that's how we was raised, right? You know, you know, don't be a tattletale. Don't be a tattletale. Don't tell everything. So in our so so that's how we was raised as kids. As as adults, you know, they call it snitching or dry snitching, you know, telling people information that they're not asking for or pointing the finger at somebody else. He did it. Chris did it. He did it. You're snitching. That's what we consider. That's what we consider a snitch. Somebody that's given up information about whatever the circumstance is, a person, something, a situation that happened. Um you know, snitching, basically telling all the business, whether it's to another family member, whether it's to a co-worker, whether it's gossip, whether it's to the boss, to whoever. That's that's what I feel. That's what the community believes. I snitching believe is they okay. feel snitching is. Giving up information. Okay. Giving up information. Uh, you know, giving up information. 
telling somebody that's else's not business, good basically mm-hmm. now if i'm telling you my business if i'm telling you hey, bro man this you know if i'm telling you hey bro this is what happened to me um and i was at the store man and somebody said something man and i got off on him okay i'm telling you about my business if i say hey bro uh me and you know me and this other person man we got into it uh oh mm-hmm. you know the person you know what I'm saying? Or, 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 hey man, me and the homie, me and Cuzzo, we got into okay. a music. We got into it. Mm-hmm. She said, whoopie, whoopie, whoop. I said, whoopie, whoopie, whoop. Okay. And now I'm not fucking with her. You know what I'm saying? This is my business. So I'm telling you my business. Now, when I say, hey, bro, hey, man, did you hear, uh, what, 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 what happened? With, what's the name? Nah, I didn't hear. Oh, bro, let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah, man. So what had happened was uh, I was on Instagram or I overheard uh, somebody had said, man, uh, X, Y, and Z, man, this is what she did. Did you know that? Yeah, man. She's shady. I'm snitching. I'm telling you about the next person business. I'm all up in the next person. The next person, whole lifestyle and whole circumstance is all in my mouth. And I'm telling somebody else that ain't even involved so that's pretty much i believe what we consider snitching telling business that is none of ours to somebody okay so let me ask you this question so is that good or bad for our community would it be good if we do tell things or would it not to help our community get better and get safer Okay. I'll tell you, bro. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Some things we got to keep to ourselves. That's how we was raised. Some t- some things we do have to deal with internally. But it's just like how you said, man, we we don't seek professional counseling. We go run to the pastor. That's why the churches be so damn messy. Because the pastor know everybody's business. And we running and telling the pastor X, Y, Z. And we telling everybody in the congregation, oh, I don't like her. Or I don't like him. That's kind of what okay. we was talking about. But it's good to keep some things. Well, that's how I was raised. I keep a lot of things internal. Um, is it a bad thing? Yeah, sometimes it is a bad thing. Sometimes there's some trauma or some or some circumstances that I'm not expressing. So what? Nobody, ab- so so what about me. like they what I mean by that. that? Let me let me be more clear of my question. Should it be more tattletelling to the police if you see violence, if you see somebody shooting somebody, kill somebody? Knowing this particular person is killing off the community, he's terrifying the community. Should we, as a community, tell to make our streets safer, or should we just let it, or should we just not say anything at all? Should we tell the police to safer? If we see a crime, should, should we, we call the police? Anything? Should we let them know, hey, we seen a crime versus, hey, we didn't see nothing? But then we talk about it. Um, should we tell the police to keep our streets safer? Um, to be honest with you, um, um, I don't really know how to answer that. But my first, my first instinct is yes, yes, we should. But the reason why I'm hesitant to say yes is because I know what consequences come with that. I know what consequences come with telling the truth about some shit that's illegal or some shit that is demonic or some shit that's evil these motherfuckers out here pushing crack on our streets these motherfuckers out here nigga doing drive-bys it was so-and-so these motherfuckers out here done killed my 
nephew, my sister's son, or my 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 brother's son in cold blood. It was it was these niggas in this car, and they was wearing these colors. I think it was what's the name in them. I know what type of retaliation comes behind that, and more evil <clears throat> comes behind it. I don't know that the police are the answer to that. I don't know if snitching is the answer to that. I don't think I don't think snitching is okay. the answer to that. To be honest with you, I think the answer is in the community. The honesty needs to be in the community. And unfortunately, unfortunately, because we are taught to not say anything, then we can't create any peace. And without us taking accountability, yep, we killed that little boy. We killed that little boy on purpose or we killed that little boy on accident. How can somebody be? How can they be held accountable, you know, legally? Spiritually, they're going to be held accountable. But legally, how could you hold somebody accountable when ain't nobody snitching? When somebody coming off and killing our community, and y'all know it's this, it's these people that are doing Violence. this type of mm -hmm. activity, correct. How can there be justice? How could somebody pay the price for their behavior if we don't snitch? If we don't tell the police, and I'm just saying that I don't know that the okay. police are the best people to tell, the detectives, the investigators, downtown Sacramento, I don't know that they're completely on our side. But what happens when it hits right. close to home and it's your child and it's your nephew and it's in your community? Are you going to be the one to pick up the phone? Because you're going to be an outrage and you're going to want to go tear the streets up or are you going to pick up the phone and call the detective and say it was so-and-so? Because you know why? You got touched. Your kid, your family, or somebody that you love or that you care for is dead in the streets. And you're going to mm -hmm. be right there with the press, mm -hmm. with the uh, chief of police, on TV, mm -hmm. asking for justice for your kid. So, so is I that believe snitching? that, yes, that's, is it snitching? Okay. Yes, okay. technically, but what I'm saying is yeah. people have is it snitching? compassion when you see mothers talk about hey, we need to catch the killers or they'll say, you know, we need to stop this violence. They usually don't say let's catch the killers because they live in that community. They usually always say, hey, let's stop this violence. We got to stop this. Kumbaya. We'll pray. We'll light it up. Like black people, family, just to let y'all know the fans and people, you guys, we are good at celebrating death. We are good at that. Almost to the point that we all going to come together. We all going to be at a block. We all going to light it up. We, some going to smoke. Some going to get Hennessy, play the music, pour out the, the Henny. And we're good at that part that we come together over a death at that moment, maybe a week, maybe three days. And then we kind of just move on. But my thing is, you're talking out like both sides of your neck in a sense, I, I, because I understand what you're saying. You're saying, one, yeah, we need to do it. But two, well, we can't do it. But then that's how we are taught. But then it's okay, like, well, so, we can't go to the police because are the police okay, on our me, side. But then we see this dude, we know who killed so-and-so, but we can't really tell because we can't snitch. So how do you get a community better? But let me ask you this question. So when people move out into, okay, yep, hold yeah, on, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to set you up with that. So then when people move outside of that area, our black community area, we know when we leave this area, People will snitch. People will call the police on you. Your music is too loud. It's too many people, right? We don't want to move back to our, our community, mostly if we don't have to. We'll take on that part when people are telling on you, snitching on you. 
We good with that, but we're not good with our community snitching on each other. But when you move out the community, we okay with Polly, James, whatever, snitching on you and keeping you in control because you feel like where we at is safe. You know what I'm saying? But you can ask the question we want to ask, though. Okay, so my question is, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Uh, it do it do make sense what you're saying. I'm, that 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 makes sense what you're saying because when we're in our community, we're in a community of people that are like us. We're in the black community. People we're surrounded by people, Mexicans, Latinos, Asians. We're not surrounded by, you know, Caucasians or uh, you know, or upper class or whatnot. But when we move to those other communities, they watching us like a hawk. Like you said, we playing our music. You got to you barbecuing. You got guests over. You, you, you guys are partying, being too loud, et cetera, et cetera. And then guess who the police? Guess yes. who calls the police on right. us? Guess who right. snitches on us? Right? So I understand that. And then my question to you was, is, yeah, you right. Um yeah, mothers or whoever, you know, lost their son or lost their daughter or lost their nephew or whatever. Yeah, you're right. They are on they are on television and they are in the communities mm-hmm. pleading to stop the violence. But my question to you is, what are they saying off the camera? Do you think that they're giving statements? Do you think they that they're being, being hush, hush when it comes to finding hush. a killer? Well, I, say, I say most of the time they're being hush-hush. It might be, hey, I got to tell you off the record, this is what I think is happening. Maybe this went down here and there. You know what I'm saying? But actually on paper, not too, not too much. You know what I'm saying? Because we know who the dangerous people are. And if they know who they are and they know they're about that life and we live in this community and I got other kids, I'm probably not going to tell you on camera. I'm not going to tell you to write it out on paper, but I might call you and say, Hey, I think it's James and them. The niggas on the corner. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I can't tell you that because at the end of the day, when you live in that community and they know that you quote unquote snitched, even though they are, Women and kids should be off of limits all the time. Um, they are civilians and civilians shouldn't get touched. But these kids nowadays don't have those kind of rules. It's like anything that you tell on anybody is snitching. And I disagree with that. I disagree with with the snitching to me is what snitching is to me is if me and you. I hop in your car like we did today and we drive. I do a crime. I shoot. Boom, 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 boom. We get arrested. The cops say, hey, he said you did it. And they go to you. He said you did it. Did you do it? I, You say, no, I didn't do it. But I say, yeah, he did it. That's snitching to me because you did a crime together. So if I didn't do a crime with you, but I seen the crime, I'm not a snitch because I didn't do the crime. I just seen the crime. And I think it's I think we get confused what snitching is. And this, everybody has their own opinion what snitching is. Uh, that's what I believe. I, I feel like when you in the streets, these what comes with consequences. Like uh, Freeway Ricky Ross. Everybody know who he is. He's one of, the, one of the biggest drug dealers in the world. You know what I'm saying? And this is what he said. And I wish it can be played amongst drug dealers. He said, man, I'm not mad at the person who snitched on me. Because that comes with it. 
I know what I was doing. So when I went back and he snitched on me, I'm not mad at him because I shouldn't have been selling drugs. So if you in your community terrifying people in your community or shooting other people, you got to know somebody's going to snitch on you. And that's what it comes with. And you have to accept that you can't get mad at the snitch because you didn't do it properly or you wasn't sneaky enough or you didn't do it that somebody didn't know you got caught. And sometimes I feel like as black communities, we protect those people because one, we want to be cool with them. Two, like you said, we were growing up not to snitch, but then three, to be honest with you, people are scared of them. So it's like a fear based situation. You know what I'm saying? It's like a catch 22. It's like, I, I fear this person because I know he can kill me. But at the same time, I can't snitch him because I'm scared because he might come back and kill me. But when we go into other communities, they will tell on you and they fall in line. All black people in the communities of outside of our community falls in line. I've never seen a black person in, in, a, in a nice area that don't fall in line. They know like we might say, ooh, that woman in apartment such and such, she's a snitch. But guess what we're going to do? We're going to follow the lead. We're going to follow the rules because we don't want to get kicked out because we like it over here. Our kids like it over here. We can walk down the street like today. We've seen two different areas, two different ones. We've seen one by Valero gas station. We see how that hectic it was. Zombies all over the place. When I mean zombies, people that's on drugs, people that's walking around, people that's asking you for money, that anytime another rival or somebody don't like somebody can kill somebody. It's one of those hood gas stations. And then we go further down to, we call it Laguna out here. It's more of a nicer area. Um, there's no homeless people. There's no zombies. There's no people on drugs. There's none of those things. So we've seen two different areas that care for the community. And we see another area that don't care for their community. And my question is, why don't we make people accountable for their actions? Why don't we make people accountable for their actions? Um, um, why don't we make people accountable for their actions? Um, okay, well, maybe it has a little bit to do with the culture. Um, you know, uh, you know, blaming other people, mom blame dad, dad blame mom, mom blame sister, mom blames her mom. Um, that might be a little bit a part of the culture, I believe. Um, people don't like to feel guilty. They don't like to own up and confess their mistakes, you know, because they feel guilty or they can be, you know, they can be jailed. They can go to jail. Yeah, I beat her ass. Yeah, I whooped her ass. Yeah, yeah, officer. Yeah. I beat the shit out of her. You know what I'm saying? You could lose your freedom by being honest nowadays. You can get killed by being honest. Oh, hey, officer, let me grab my license. Boom, 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 boom. You did. Okay. Um, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so uh, that's why we, it's hard for us to be accountable. Even when you're being honest, you still get criticized, ridiculed, you get slandered, and you're being truthful. So what's the sense in being truthful when you can get away with a lie? You know what I'm saying? Um, 
It's, uh, it's okay. easier to get away with a lie. It's uh, it's easier. It's easier to just lie and skate through. Oh, yeah, oh, no, no, I didn't do it. No, no, no. It's easier to just lie and get away with it. It's harder to tell the truth. So there's no incentive to be accountable. What's the incentive? You could tell the truth and know what? You're still going to get cussed out. You're still going to get blamed. You're still going to get the cuff slapped on you. And you still go to jail. And you and you be, yeah, officer, you know what? Okay. I did have a drink or two. Get out the car. Walk the line. Give me your license. Then I'm impounding your car. I'm suspending your license. Damn, I ain't even blow. I ain't even blow. I, I, I did the breathalyzer. Did the walk test. Looked in the um. Looked in the light. And you know what? I still got the book thrown at me. So what's the what's the point in telling the truth? The only person that really knows the truth is you and God. So there's no there's really no incentive in this snake ass devilish world to be honest. There's no reward in being honest. So. You know, that's just the world that we live in, I guess, is the better way for me to say it. You know, and, you know, nobody wants to be a snitch. In so nobody our community, wants to be, nobody be a snitch. But outside of our community, they will snitch. And their communities are cleaner, better, safer. Yeah, well, you know what? The reason why is because we don't got nothing to lose. We don't got nothing to protect either. What are we protecting and what do we have to lose? Mm -hmm. You don't got no house to lose. Mm -hmm. You don't got no money to lose. What you gonna look and you, right. you're paying on a car that you don't own. You got a video game system and some mm -hmm. jewelry and some Jordans. I mean, and, and some food in the refrigerator. I mm -hmm. mean, what do you really you don't have an estate? You don't have no here, you don't have nothing, you don't have no inheritance to pass down. You don't have anything to pass down to your kids except what? They can't fit them old ass Jordans. Right. They can't wear that gold chain. And right. the food gonna get ate up. You don't have anything to pass down. You don't have any. Yeah. Anything mm -hmm. of value to pass down, you know, mm -hmm. except behavior. <laughs> That's really all you have to pass down. Behavior. Right. Genetics nah, and behavior. Um, so I don't think there's any incentive for our community, our particular community, our hood based mm -hmm. community. There's no incentive to just be different or be honest or be truthful because you don't have anything to lose and you don't have nothing to protect. Yeah, you're right on that. So that's just my that's that's just my. I mean, that's just okay. that's just my belief. Now, if everybody was riding around right. in a paid-off Mercedes, if everybody had okay. a house that was paid for, if everybody had fifty thousand, a mm -hmm. hundred thousand in the bank, if everybody had, you know, mm -hmm. their own gun cabinet up fully mm -hmm. loaded, stocks fully loaded, if everybody didn't have, you know, if everybody had mm -hmm. something worth losing. Then it but would see, be I would. I protected. agree to that to a particular point. But if we go back, maybe two generations, my grandfather, my great grandmother, you know, they own houses, they own blocks. Like my great grandmother, my mom's mom, mom or whatever, my mom's mom, my great grandmother. She, you know, she lived in South Central, and she owned property. She owned this house. You know, and back in the days, you know, I think it was Compton or or, or, or those days, those, those areas were pretty nice. And over time, it got saturated with gangs, you know. So at one point, we used to own buildings. We used to own these things. We used to own gas stations. We used to have those things to protect, you know. So my, I say like my mom's era, probably the 60s, 70s, I think they stopped protecting it. And I think then drugs came in the 80s. And then I think that's where and welfare came in, because in those days we should be like, oh, those are the Walton's house. Those are the Green's house. Those are, you know, the Bryant's house. That's what it was. It was it was stronger. 
you know, with the man in the community. So okay. we did have things to lose. And I feel like when welfare came one, that 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 messed it up because if you have the man to leave the house, we will pay you. And I felt like, and I don't want to blame the women, but okay. I have to be honest, if you look back, probably around the 60s, 70s, welfare came in and say, hey, y'all strong family together, but we will give you money if you exclude your husband, if you exclude the man out the house. And that's where we messed up okay. as a black community okay. to protect because okay, the black man the or the woman got a decision to make and she made the money. And so that's what how I think that's one of the issues okay. that where we lost track at because we did own houses. A lot of them, if you if you see in in uh, in, in in the hood communities, usually that own houses, their great grandfather owned it, or their grandfather or grandmother, or they okay. this is a generational family house. You know what I'm saying? And you'll see a lot of older people that lived there okay. for years and years and years. And I feel like that next generation kind of lost track of that, especially when drugs came around crack academic and all of these things that's where i feel that the black community has failed and we are trying to come back but we owned a lot at one point across the board everywhere because we didn't have none we only had our family and that's how we kind of did it so when the black man left the family it collapsed the whole black community and that's where i think we failed at overall period. You know what I'm saying? So I think we had things to protect. And then it went from, okay, not having your father around to looking for a father figure or family like because your mom owned drugs or whatever that might be. And then they formed these gangs and drugs and money. And and now I have to be violent because this is all I see. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe, you know, I don't want to go to school bummy and these dudes are making money. Okay, that's the only thing close is success is these guys that I see every day. And that's what we fall into. And then it's okay. a trap and then it traps everybody else in between that, because a lot of people that's in gangs, I say about 60 percent don't really want to be in there. Then these guys don't really want them kind of problems, but they got to do it because this is what it come with. But in reality, they don't want to do that. They don't know the consequences of that. You know what I'm saying? period point blank and i think that's where you know that era failed the black community you know what i'm saying but you know that's just something that we have to build on you know what i'm saying we're definitely gonna build on we've been at it for almost an hour and i know you gotta go and 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 and, and do that so i'll let you have you know the last minute or two or your your final statements of things that we talked about and then i'll finish it off and then we'll just go from there so if anything that you want to say or put your input on or something that you want to express okay yeah so let me speak to the to the property part so yeah so before you know before drugs and welfare um you know came in and you know um you know took over you know the you know our communities okay that's fair i can i can i can give you i can give that to you um but that's only within the last, you know, so many decades. That's barely like a handful of decades. You know what I'm saying? That's like what? That's like four decades. I'm 40 years old. So that's four decades, five decades. That's barely like a century, a hundred years ago. So let's be realistic to, you know, just like we watched that documentary. We watched a documentary on generational wealth. So by the time these last 
few centuries, two centuries, that's only 200 years. Five centuries, that's 500 years. Ten centuries, that's a thousand years. So if we be realistic, you know, 1800s, 1900s, you know what I'm saying? And we go and we look at the times mm-hmm. where we were slaves, where our ancestors were right. slaves. That's barely 1900s. You know what I'm saying? We just fresh out of slavery in the 1900s within the last, you know, century and a half. That's a right. barely 100 years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, 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 2000, excuse me. So, that's 10, that's, that's, uh, that's 10 centuries. Mm-hmm. That's a thousand years, right? Um, a hundred years is a century. So 10 of those centuries is a thousand years. So 1900s to two thousands, right? Uh, excuse me, 1900 to 1900 to 2000. That's a century. So my point is, is that's, so it's, uh, so it's barely, so it's 2000 and what? It's 2021. So that's, that's 121 years that we're talking about. That's not, that's not thousands of Mm -hmm. years ago. You know what I'm saying? That's not, you know, right. BC and all that. But I guess more my point is, is that I'm making is, is the documentary right. watched on generational wealth. We were not owning property to the tune of the whole community. We were just think of how many right. slaves that there were. None of these right. slaves owned anything. They were getting murdered. They were, they were, mm-hmm. they were slave workers. So the people that truly own property, you know, the Rockefellers, et cetera, um, you know, back in the day, that that type of generational wealth we do not have. We are only a small percentage of those property owners to today, even through the crack era and through welfare and through the financial system. So let's so let's right. just be realistic to that. We've mm-hmm. already been outraced. These cats are Facts. centuries ahead of us when it comes to the wealth mm-hmm. in their generations, the right. Caucasians specifically. So yeah, while my grandma or my grand while my grandpa owned the house, guess what? My grandma inherited the house. My grandma didn't own her own property. Her her, her parents might have owned some property, but you know, that property is not still in our family. That's my point. So yeah, it might got passed down a generation or two, but mm-hmm. my mama didn't pass me down mm-hmm. no house. I don't have no house. Okay. And she, my mama had three kids, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother, they had what, um, uh, my mom, my auntie, my uncle. Mm-hmm. So they have four kids. So guess what? There's three kids left. They got to split one mm-hmm. house. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, so anyways, that's the point that I'm making, you know, versus, these families that not just have a home to pass down, they have finances, they have businesses, they have, uh, you know, scholarships and college educations and other assets and retirement accounts to pass down to these children so they can buy a house right. fresh out of high school. They can go to college at no cost, no debt, no credit card debt, no student loans, no car loans, no consumer debt, no personal loans, no speedy cash, no uh, mm-hmm. cash advance. You know what I'm saying? No paycheck to paycheck. They're starting off decades ahead right. of our culture so that's the first thing that i want to acknowledge yeah we might have had some property here and there but that's it that was the only property that we've had in our in our family's mm. generation period you know versus kind of what we're talking about now where there's some people in the family that own this mm. property and now they got another property now they're they're doing mm-hmm. this program and this property now they get another property right. to fund the next program and then they're going to mm. take that money and fund the next program so they own three properties right. in one generation that is now that I do want to give mm-hmm. I want to give credit to that you know what I'm saying but our children 
you, me, our parents, my aunties, my uncles, and then my grandparents, they were not passed down property. And if they weren't passed down property, they were split amongst the kids. There was no estates being passed down. There was no serious generational wealth, cash, bonds, CDs, stocks, retirement, etc. Vehicles, assets, businesses were not passed down. Let alone skills and trades. They were not passed down. So that is where the gap has, you know, the gentrification gap has widened. And that's the first thing that I want to, that is what I want to express, you know, and we more technical now. So we have the ability to, we have the ability to bridge that gap just as fast, just as long as it took for it to widen with technology and with expertise and with, the communities like we're talking about coming together now and investing mm-hmm. now in our own communities and having mm-hmm. one house fund, the next house and mm-hmm. one business fund, the next property. And we can, we can lessen that gap just as fast as it was created. That is the point that I'm trying to make. For example, that's why we doing a little, this is our own content right, right here. This ain't right. NBC, this ain't ABC. This right. is not revolt TV. This is not mm-hmm. vice TV. This is not, local news media this is cg podcast okay so cg owns this podcast cg can stream this podcast cg can monetize this podcast and cg can give this wealth down to his children this is independent for example so that's what i'm trying to say just as fast it took us an hour to create this but just this one podcast, let's say it gets syndicated, mm-hmm. or let's say you do a number mm-hmm. of podcasts that get syndicated and go viral. You do one song, it go viral. You do one video, it goes viral. You do mm-hmm. one TikTok, it goes viral. That's four or five different avenues of wealth that could be created in mm-hmm. what? A matter of hours. That's how fast the gap can be lessened. That's 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 mm-hmm. that's pretty much that's what I want to leave man. off. That is a great point. That's a great that's what I want to That's a great point, man. That's you put a lot of bone on the meat right? that we definitely will get into. Stop bonds land we have so much that we're definitely going to talk about man and i appreciate you bro for 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 being here and speaking truth man and my last you know comment to this man is this is something that you know open up conversations open up dialogue you know uh we have two different uh experiences but two different views but kind of on the same path and i wanted him on here to give y'all a different experience and what he sees and versus what i see what he was exposed to versus what i was exposed to you know what i'm saying and we're going to kind of build from there this is only the beginning of this 2021 for the black community how we get better i mean questions can go on and on how far the wealth gap is and even if we do make millions every minute it still won't catch up to 500 years of the money that we could have made. We should have made, you know what I'm saying? But we're going to get into that later. I thank you, bro, for being on here at CG podcast. You already know, subscribe, hit me, email me. We rock with you family. And we'll definitely, definitely have another discussion, man. Thanks, bro, man. I appreciate you.
What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? Yeah, man. Yes, sir. I'm here. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy CGCG Podcast back again, once again. Not again. Beginning to the end. The end to the beginning. Just kind of talking, man. Just kind of talking. Um, we got a couple things to talk about today for sure. I want to talk about this Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul fight. Interesting. Interesting. Watched it after everybody else watched it. Like the back page. Remember those? The back page or front page. Or wait till somebody recorded on their page to watch it on my page. So that's definitely what it is. <sighs> but I'm here. But I'm here. I'm here again. Um so um watch some of the playoffs, LeBron, Suns. Uh, Clippers, yeah, Dallas Mavericks, and then you have the Brooklyn Nets, pretty much. Um, let me skim through these really fast before I get to the Floyd and Logan Paul. So, um, yeah, Lakers out, first round, first time in LeBron's history that ever happened. Anthony Davis, AD, body breaks down once again, something like Chris Paul's crazy well one thing i should definitely they should definitely think about for sure is they need to manage ad's body he needs to play about 60 to 65 games next year they need to start managing it at the end lebron james getting to that point that he needs another star uh a bill um another kind of a guy or better bench players they need to spend their money wisely more on athletic centers power forwards need shooter like a jj reddick somebody that can play like the heat just more athletic with some bigs that can move move around i think the gm did a bad job with this collective talent it seemed good or sounded good but i don't think they Jail defense, yeah, you can play decent, but you can't score. What does that mean? They were terrible. I mean, for, they were terrible at the three. They always start out slow. It's and that's Le, LeBron James' pattern. Most of the time, he starts off slow. He gives the the the, the his players or um yeah, he gives his players the ball first. You know what I'm saying? Kuzma, uh, uh. AD, he lets them try to try to start them versus he be the starter fire. But that's just his nature. He needs somebody that's gonna get the ball, go, dominate, and he kind of play his way into the game. But this team wasn't really like that. They were they they were not good enough for him to do that. They, they wasn't good enough for him to lay back. I think if his ankle wasn't hurt in the beginning of the year, I think things would have been different, more chemistry, communication, things of that nature. But again, let's let's the Suns play well. I mean, they battled and they battled. Chris Paul battled, and I was like, "Come on, Chris Paul, you can't get hurt again, man." It's just the luck of the draw with this guy, man. He does so well in the regular season, and soon as the playoffs come, it seems like his body say, "Oh, I have to pull a hamstring or I have to mess up a shoulder every time." But they battled, man. They battled, and the Suns came out and they beat them, and that's probably a good thing because now we get to see. 
the future of the NBA because you have to be the you have to beat the old dog to be the new one on the block, new kid on the block. You know, it's always like that. The Lakers with Kobe have to kind of go through that with the Spurs or the Jazz. You know what I'm saying? Um, or against the Kings or you you see when um, OKC had to go against the Lakers against Kobe before they went to the NBA Finals or LeBron James Cavaliers when he had to go against Detroit Pistons or Boston or Michael Jordan with Boston or the Pistons. I mean, you, you have to beat the old dog. So it's good to see Devin Booker, younger guys, man, that we can see develop into newer stars while the old stars are in their way out chris paul lebron james kds like these guys eventually going to leave you want to see if these newer guys can take can take the burden of the league and who's going to be a star versus superstar who's good in the clutch versus who's not good in the clutch who's the man or who's the man just in the regular season because playoffs going to just playoffs are going to show who has their weakness and have you covered that weakness with a strength or can you cover your weakness up just enough to win games? A la LeBron James. We're going to let you shoot, LeBron. That's more of his weakness versus his stronger strength, right? So we see those things. Devin Booker, hey, you can't shoot the three. You're going to have to make those threes. So I like to see that. So, again, the Jazz, you know, you have the Nuggets. So you have these newer youther teams, you know. But at the end of the day, when it comes to championships, it's always going to be veteran teams going to win. You're not going to see too many young teams going to win championships. So um, definitely with the Clippers, we'll see how they do. I mean, Kawhi Leonard definitely came through, bought out Pandemic P. That's just who he is. He comes and goes as like the sea on the water. You know, you know, I rise up going there. You're like, oh, it's going to get me. And then it goes right back, you know. Uh, Pandemic P, he looks good at moments. Nice braids like AI, but uh, he ain't pulling nothing but an AI looking like a computer out there. You know what I mean? Because you know what he's going to do. You're dialing in. This is what Paul George is going to do. Very skillful. Get to the basket. Can play defense. But the higher the stakes, the lower his game goes. You know what I'm saying? But Kawhi Leonard has played well. I'm hoping it's going to be the Suns and the Clippers that we can definitely see that matchup. Um, we'll see what the Clippers do. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Jazz either. I think that's a good team. It's more youthful in the West for sure. And hopefully one of those teams can definitely get to the championship. But I will be talking about that. Um, the Clippers almost lost it. <laughs> but the Dallas and Mavericks need another guy. Uh, Porzingis, he's just a guy. He's your third, fourth guy. He can't be your second guy. He's not dominant enough to make $150 million, I think it is. And he's playing like he's making $5 million. He's not making enough impact plays, man, for Luka Doncic. He's not making enough for the money that he's making in the role that he's playing. He's not making enough plays for them to get over the hump. Luka Doncic could get you there, but we need somebody to kind of take us over the hump. You're seven foot. You should be posting up, shooting threes. He should be dominating in that position, and I don't see a lot of domination mentally uh, within him. Skillful, yes. Shoot, yes. Post up, yes. Pass, yes. But he's only good at all of them, not great at anything so with that that's why the clippers overcome them come back win boom game over so we'll see how the next round goes we'll see how the jazz do we'll see how the nuggets do we'll see these kind of battles so let's get to the um, um brooklyn nets it's pretty much a wrap um milwaukee bucks i mean greek the freak that's all he is greek 
and he's a freak. Straight up. He can dunk on you. He can do all the great things. Smaller LeBron without no jumper. But again, the playoffs shows you what you're not good at, and you're going to have to overconquer that. There's just no way that you can do the same thing only if you're Shaq and, and win. He needs to learn how to shoot. He has to. There's no way around it. There's no way around getting out of it because over a seven-game series, we know your weakness. So we're going to back all the way to the rim, and we're going to let you shoot. Only if you have another guy that can take over the game because when the fourth quarter comes, we're just going to lock in on the paint. We're going to lock in on the paint. We're going to lock in on the paint, and that's what we're going to do, period, point blank. And that's what's happening, and Brooklyn's pretty much going to win the NBA championship this year, but with KD, it's going to be another easy championship, and it's not he's not going to get what he needs because he didn't have to dig deep to win the championship. Everybody has to go through those moments. Man, we're down five. We're down three. Ray Allen shot with 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 um, LeBron James. You got Kobe with Metal World Peace in the shot. You got Paxson. You got all these curves with Jordan. He never got to reach and dig in to feel what that championship is. That's just me personally, but I think they're just too good of a team, and I think they're going to run through the East pretty much. Let's get to Logan Paul Mayweather. Hey, <laughs> like, 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 like Mayweather said, it's a bank robbery with no mask on, with no mask, period, point blank. Logan Paul, again, a YouTuber, great YouTuber, and the best thing, it's going to flow through YouTube. It's going to get ratings. That was the best marketing tool that he could have had because people don't watch regular TV no more. People watch YouTube and YouTubers. My daughter, she's about seven, eight years old, turning eight, eight, turning nine this year. Sorry about that. And I got my, my, my baby. She's two. Guess what they do? YouTube. 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 YouTubers. TV. Okay. Cartoons. Yeah. After that, they don't watch no TV. They don't care about no TV. What the internet? YouTubers. That is where it's at. That is the market. That is where you stream. That is where you watch podcasts. That is it. People don't watch standard TV like my grandmother did all the way, at least back in the 80s or 90s. You know, a certain time, the TV pretty much turned off because there is no more channels left. So we had to uh, turn off all the TVs and take our ass to sleep. That's what it was. It wasn't no debate. It wasn't on Internet. You know what I'm saying? But the best thing is to do is to get a guy who got 20 million subscribers. So if you get 10% of that, 20% of that, I mean, and guys are going to watch. And this is a new wave. We got to understand we can't keep going by old models. They don't even go by old models after the pandemic. You know, it was Amazon that delivered and Amazon was taking out a lot of companies. But the pandemic came and, 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 and restaurants that didn't deliver, guess what they did? They delivered. Papa Murphy's, make your own pizza. They didn't deliver. Why we deliver? We're, we're, a piece, we're a piece of service, but we're not a pizza company that bakes and then want to deliver to you. But guess what they have to do? Adjust. It's a new wave. Kids are into, you bring everything to me. You deliver it to me. You come to me. Delivery service are popping. That's what it is. DoorDash popping. That's what it is. It's a new wave. This is a new wave of energy. Yeah, it's not for the mainstream guys. It's not for the, oh, I love boxing because I love boxing. I love, and I still watch it. Triple G's, the Canelo's, the Tyson's, you know what I'm saying? All these guys, Mayweather's, all these guys, I love what boxing bring. I love that. 
But I like what entertainment brings because we love to be entertained. You don't have to watch every entertainment to be entertained, but it might something might intrigue you. It's kind of like the fair. That's how I look at it. I would make it a summer sport event. I would get some celebrities, put them together for the summer and wild out, man. And we get to pick and choose like Lamar Odom or Ocho Cinco. You know, you know, you want to see some of these guys in different realms because we all feel like we can box and do that until you actually get in the ring. Because I actually got in there before I did two minute, three minute rounds. <laughs> and when I mean that six minutes or those three minutes feel like an eternity. Eternity. It is. And you will respect boxing and you will respect the person that you are boxing and you respect boxers because they know how hard it is. Just do a workout for three minutes with the heavy bag, man, with the heavy bag. That is the hardest thing to do. You think just one, two, just hitting your hands, one, two, then do an uppercut, boom, and just do that for three minutes hard. You're going to wear out fast because your muscles that you don't use is going to wear out and it mentally gets to you. So I respect Logan Paul and what he did. Man, I respect anybody getting to the ring. But at the end of the day, man, I mean, it is a robbery, and that's what Mayweather does, and that's why he's smart. Like, why would I fight these guys? These lions, I fight a YouTuber who got 20 million, make about 50 million, versus find these lions over here, and I can get knocked out and hurt. Maybe I make 100 million, but I make half of that in the half of the time in eight rounds. Why, why I do 12 rounds? I can still hang out. I can still drink some lemonade. I can still, I just do it that way. And Logan Paul, hey. That's another thing under his belt. Win or lose, he still wins. If he knocks down, it doesn't matter. If he if he goes a distance, doesn't matter. You know, he has everything to gain, nothing to lose. So if he loses, it's like, oh, well, he's supposed to lose. But if he would have won, it would have changed his life. But his life has already changed. He got 20 million subscribers, and he's going to have more subscribers because people know his name on a international level because that's what Floyd brings in a marketing ET or M M MSNBC or you know those bigger corporations now so his subscribers can go up a couple of million that he'll make a couple of million more dollars but I feel like these events are good everybody has done it that's why I don't understand I remember Mike Tyson did it he fought some Chinese guy or back in the day I mean guys been doing this kind of thing man it's another way of making money I don't understand what's wrong with somebody making money legacy okay legacy is good but it's a lot of people who have a lot of legacy and don't have no money and trust me, they'll trade their legacy in to have some money. Yeah, it's not all about the money. Got it. But if you're working, you want to get paid. And if somebody want to pay you for something that you do your whole life, hey, why wouldn't you do it? If you're a sprinter and somebody want to pay you $50 million to, 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 to race Usain Bolt, and Usain Bolt, like, what? You want to pay me $50 million to race me? Um, I can believe that he's definitely going to run that race. So I'm saying at the end of the day, man, this can be something for the new generation, the new younger guys. These that's what they like. They're YouTubers. They like to be entertained. They don't always want to watch a boxing match that is a particular way. They want to see a guy that they know, that they can relate to, that they seen and seen on YouTube and see them fight and they can see themselves in within them and they're going to pay that $50 price. So I think this is a new wave and I think it should keep going. Bring basketball players, NBA players, football players, MMA players, boxers. I think this is a, a great sport. I mean, we do it all the time when we when we do Mortal Kombat. 
right? Or one of those, you feel me? There's different techniques, you know, that you like, different styles, you know? You want to see these guys step into the ring. You want to see these guys try something new, challenge themselves. So, again, man, I, I, I enjoy athletes making money. I enjoy a new wave of them making money and a new wave, a new eyeball and a new entertainment system that, hey, I can watch it with my kids, you know, and that would be kind of cool to me. So I didn't have no problem with it. I don't have no issue with it. Um, I liked it. I loved it. And I don't mind it. And I hope I see more. I seen Ocho Cinco, man. He got knocked down. But, man, he had a hell of a fight. He had a hell of a fight, man. And I respect him for it. Because he was actually throwing some real hands. And he really did good to me. Which he only had, I think he had three weeks to, I think somebody backed out and he, and he came in with three weeks. And he did all right. You know? And the knockdown wasn't bad. But it happens in boxing when you get tired. You get exhausted. You want to throw your hands down because you're that exhausted. Just one day, if anybody can hear me from anywhere in the world, do three minutes heavy bag pads. Just do it. Really, two minutes, two, three minute, two minute rounds. You will be exhausted if you never put on no gloves and you will respect them. Trust me, man. It's your boy CG, CG Podcast, baby. I will be back again. I love y'all, family, man. I holla at y'all, man. We got some good stuff coming up, man. Check me out. It's your boy CG. Podcast.